Alright, alright, alright. This is Steve. And I've got a vodka and tea next to me. One in my system already. And today I'm going to talk semi-briefly about five shows and movies that I've watched recently on Netflix. Some of my thoughts on them and a recommendation slash rating to help you decide if you'd like to watch any of them. I will also be finishing my talking about Warrior Nun with my final opinions and rating on the show. Due to scheduling issues, Haley and I were unable to record our review on the platform in time for this week's episode, so that's obviously been pushed back for my next episode. Let's dig into this. The five movies that I will be talking about are... Illuminati's 2018 version of The Grinch... Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Pyre Saga, Never Have I Ever, which is a Netflix original show, Hashtag and Frank Parallel Stories, and Uncut Gems. I'll talk about these shows and movies first, and then I'll finish up talking about Warrior Nun. I'm not going in any kind of specific order here, so let's just start with the one that's out of season, I guess. Illuminati. <laughs> Illuminati. Illumination's 2018 version of The Grinch. For reasons, I ended up having a Christmas in July night recently. It wasn't really on purpose. It was a bit of a joke. I made some hot chocolate. Then as a continuation of the joke, I decided I'd give the newest version of The Grinch a try. I have have some weird level of respect and have have hatred for the studio that released this movie. That would be Illumination Studios. Most notably, the creators of Despicable Me, which unleashed minions onto this world, for better or worse. So let's just start there. If you're not aware, Illumination as a company is basically everything cynical you hear about Disney and their cash-grabbing mentality. Their animation style is overtly simple to save money on animation costs, and they purposefully create characters that they can sell merchandise to the masses with. Stuff that no kid could ever pass up when walking down the toy aisle because it's so damn cute. That's kind of the funny part about the strategy of the low cast or cheap animation. It's, it actually works right in with their strategy of creating cute characters that they can sell. As an example of how that works, um, which I saw recently, it's not my own idea, is draw a smiley face. Like, your standard emoji-style smiley face. Look how cute that is. Now, begin to add eyebrows, wrinkles, just add, like, details that would be on a normal face. Look how much less cute that smiley face gets with every detail that you add. Here's the thing, though. I've enjoyed each of the properties that I've watched, which is not all of them, to different extents from Illumination Studios. So... With that out of the way, I really liked this movie. Illuminations The Grinch is on my list of movies to watch around Christmas time now. I'll probably, or it'll probably be like every two or three years that I watch the movie. But that's just because I've got to fit in my holiday horror movies, which is a list that has grown threefold this past decade. And if you haven't given this movie a shot yet, I recommend setting your AC nice and low and planning your own Christmas in July night. Maybe pair it up with a holiday favorite of your own for a double feature. Make some hot cocoa, grab some snacks, take a night off. I would eventually like to do a long style review on this movie, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. 
if you've been on the fence about it or heard bad things and you crossed it off your list, I would recommend getting it back on your list to watch it for Christmas in July or, you know, once the holiday season hits, keep it for then. Without thinking too hard, I'm going to give Illuminations The Grinch 4 out of 5 stars. It succeeds in being what it should be. So, next, let's do maybe a quickie here. Um, hashtag Anne Frank Parallel Stories. I just have to say, I think the director of this documentary is full of himself. This documentary is about 90 minutes long, and it shares some personal stories of those who are still alive who lived under Nazi rule. This, of course, includes Anne Frank in several ways, and her story is a bit of a... Um, her story is a bit of a guide for the story of the documentary. I don't love the storytelling methods used in this documentary, and that's exactly where my comment about the director comes in. I'll, I'll let you make your own mind up on that aspect of this documentary, but simply put, it, it feels like a cinema, a cinema snob made this movie. That aside, the actual stories in this documentary are really great, and I think everyone should watch it. Um, where it fails is dwarfed by everything that is important to be told in this story. And if the weird format of this helps to sell it to younger kids, that's great then. This is a must-watch in my opinion. I'm not even going to rate it. Also, I have now found a new interest in reading Anne Frank's diary because it's, I guess it's more than what I thought it actually was. It's a definite add to your watch list. Hashtag Anne Frank. Parallel stories, no fucking rating. Next. Let's talk about Never Have I Ever, a show on Netflix. And I'm just going to cheat and read the plot summary from a quick Google search here. Um, here it is. The story centers around a 15-year-old girl from Sherman Oaks, California. After a horrible freshman year, Debbie, the 15-year-old girl, wants to change her social status. But friends, family, and feelings do not make it easier for her. So, it's essentially a coming-of-age story. This show is 100% a story for teenagers. But here's the thing. The actresses are all just so damn funny, and everything is so relatable in this show. And, um, I mean, there's just, it's all around great performances. It's, a, it's also a fun soundtrack. It's been a little while since I saw the show, but I had such organic laughs from some of the stuff that occurs on that show that I really wanted to help promote it. I had to push through some of the early stuff because it gets very close to showing more than you want to see. And But I'm talking about sexual situations with that. Um, between the characters that are quite young individuals. They're, you know, 15-year-old girl is the main character. I am... Um, they're, you know, they, they... They don't have the appearance or the essence of, like, your typical teenagers you find in, like, horror films, especially or older movies where it's, like, 35-year-old actors and actresses playing teenagers. They feel like real teenagers, so the... I guess it's more realistic. So there's especially one scene early on in the show that had me really close to turning it off for good but it never crossed the line and once it didn't cross that line I was able to trust that the show wasn't going to go into any visuals that would push me away from it and I ended up really really enjoying the show 
there's only one season right now, so your level of commitment in checking the show out isn't very high. I would recommend using this for like a cleaning day, maybe. Um, it's it's just an easy show to watch and and then like stop and come back in an hour or the next day, whatever the case may be, and watch the next episode. Rinse and repeat, you know. So, never have I ever. I'm going to go three and a half out of four and a half, uh, three and a half, two, four and a half out of five stars for me. A bit of a range there, so that really correlates with like what what age you are. Anyone that's like 20, 22 years of age and younger would be kind of a higher rating. The more I would recommend this show. Um, same with like woman, I would think you would be able to relate to this show maybe more than the average man, but I do think it's still a good show for even men to see. Maybe you know, a thirty year old male. I was able to relate to a surprising amount of stuff in this show. It's just all around really well done and really realistic. And if you've got a teenager at home, especially if they're going through puberty right now, this show has great messages about being comfortable in your own skin. So three and a half to four and a half stars out of five for me for Never Have I Ever. Um, let's talk about... Um, 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 um. Uncut Gems next. It is two hours and 15 minutes long, which is just at the tippy top of the kind of runtime length for my personal preference in movies. You'll probably hear me complain about movie length plenty over time, and you'll notice that I tend to enjoy the quicker stories more than the long and epic movies. But anyways, I avoided watching this movie like the plague, despite all the good things that I was hearing. Based on the trailer, I thought I knew exactly what Uncut Gems was. And then you put Adam Sandler on top of that and his recent movies that he's done. And it was pretty close to just a hard pass for me. But I knew that I had to give it a try based on the reviews. And I mean, just to give you an idea, this movie has a 7.5 on IMDb, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 90% on Metacritic, which is quite good for Metacritic. If you're not familiar, IMDb would be like the casual critic score of movies, while Metacritic is well, kind of what it sounds like. It's the snobbier version of IMDb ratings. I don't want to ruin the movie. Just watch it. And, and I say that with a caveat, I guess. As long as you can handle the real world, this movie doesn't shy away from language or really anything. It's pretty... Much. It's downright gritty in its presentation, to be honest. It's a crime drama splashed with dark comedy. But most of all, it is a wonderful, wonderfully done dramatic movie with a vision and it just works. I wish Adam Sandler would do more serious roles like this. He's, he's really great in this type of movie. This movie is not perfect. And I don't know that it should be quote-unquote perfect. But it... It's a it's a film and not a movie, to be perfectly honest. It's really, really well done. It has a vision. I'm giving it four and a half stars out of five. It's not for everybody, but it is a movie that should be seen by most. I know personally, I'm going to be watching it a second time this year yet. That leaves us with Eurovision Song Contest. The story of Fire Saga. I, I'm going to keep whispering that every time I have to say it. It's just more epic. Take what I just said about Uncut Gems and you can almost repeat that for this movie. It's not a typical Will Ferrell comedy. It's still silly, yes, but it's actually a really good movie. And if it weren't for its silliness, I could see this movie receiving 
nominations for a lot of stuff when it comes to um, award season. I doubt that it will get much attention because of its uh, still inherent silliness in the movie, but it's a really, really great story, and Rachel McAdams proves once again that she is fucking amazing as an actress, and looking to, but I am just so looking forward to this woman's career as she takes on more serious roles in more serious films, which I think is something that will be an evolution of her career. I hope it is. Um, I'm also going to take this moment to plug another one of her amazing performances in a movie that I would like to do a review on in the future, which is About Time. If you want to shed a tear, see the movie About Time. I promise the movie is not a rom-com. No matter what anyone says, including Google, it's a story about the relationship between a father and a son, which is incredibly refreshing. Men don't really get that story too often in um, in films. And, I mean, let's just keep... Rachel McAdams is a phenomenal actress. Will Ferrell also does a great job in his role in Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Pyrrhusak which in his role he tends to diverge more than you would think from his silly roles that he does so much, which is odd because he's set up in a role that is very Will Ferrell-esque. But he doesn't... It That typical like mid-2000s or early-2000s Will Ferrell is not really existent in this movie. There's none of that. He may not be the best dramatic actor, but he showed some of his dramatic acting chops in this movie... And just like Adam Sandler, I hope he will take more of these serious roles because he is good at them. With a runtime of two hours, I was worried as all hell when I started this movie because the plot seems so silly, and and it is silly. But luckily, this is a character film. It's about the characters, not the plot. I cannot believe I'm calling this a film, but I think it is. There's a fair amount of satire slash parody in the movie. There's this scene where there's a song-off, in quotes, where they make fun of Pitch Perfect, as far as I can tell, which is, um, I don't know. It's a scene in the movie that I could could have done without, but it's funny enough, and I'm still not 100% sure, were they strictly mocking movies like Pitch Perfect? Or were they actually trying to create a musical number that would be watched on YouTube like a million times? I'm pretty sure that it's the former, a satire slash parody of Pitch Perfect, but it does not. The song off scene is taken, like, I guess so seriously that I'm not 100% sure, which is kind of the best kind of satire, assuming that it was satire. I'm going to recommend this movie for all audiences. Watch this movie. Don't expect a strict comedy. It has a lot of heart, and it is just much deeper than you would expect based on the trailer, based on the movie title, based on the fact that it stars Will Ferrell. You don't need to take in the deeper themes of the movie to enjoy it either. I just don't expect to be laughing out loud, I guess. I Personally, I think I chuckled throughout the entire movie like once, maybe twice. Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Pyrrhusaka. Four out of five stars. I hope I'm not setting expectations too high with that rating. Just go into it with no expectations like I did. And your two hours, I guarantee you, will be worth at least that two hours. And you'll be, maybe not four out of five, but you'll be entertained. I can guarantee that. Alright, that's the five. So we're on to Warrior Nun. 
I talked about the fight scenes previously. I do think the quality in the second half of Warrior Nun scaled back a bit. By the way, uh, go check out my previous episode if um, from the episodes one through five basically is what I watched before I talked about Warrior Nun. Um, so, anyways, the fight scenes they I I think they scaled them back as far as the quality. Some of the core choreography's execution was lacking at times for me but it's still you know I will take obviously choreographed fight scenes over Michael Bay edited fight scenes all day. The art of a fight is much more interesting to watch than the art of deceiving the audience into believing that a fight is happening which is what that cut 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 editing does during fight scenes just look at the um editing and most blockbuster movie fight scenes if you're unaware of what i mean by that cut, 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 cut. i don't have much anything different to say about the writing that i did previously the soundtrack and the score in this movie are both great but i think they lack the um i think they lacked the money to carry both of those aspects of the show through each and every episode the soundtrack and the score which leads me to my biggest issue with this show. And I'm being a bit picky, but I think they could have cut the show down to like eight episodes, which would have allowed them to use their budget better in some of the other aspects of the show. They seem to probably spend about half of their budget, if I had to guess, I don't know. But they seem to spend a good portion of their budget on the first and the last few episodes. At times throughout the series, you can really feel those budget constraints as the viewer and... I don't want to be able to feel the budget constraint. So cut some of that fluff out of the story and shorten it so you can give every minute of the film the budget that it needs. The story ended roughly where I thought that it would for this series with a few twists and turns, largely ones that were tough to see and one that you really could not have predicted. There was a, uh, there was a bit too much of building up of things, only for the show to like shift at the last second and everything that we just built up just gets resolved in an anticlimactic matter which is a tactic that I feel Genji Cohen Cohen mastered and made popular sorry I think I think it's pronounced Genji Cohen um so she really mastered like the art of building and building and building last episode of the series cliffhanger next series or first episode of that same series next season she just kind of resolves that quickly so if you're not familiar with Genji Cohen you're probably familiar with her work she is a writer and a producer you've probably seen some of her writing on um like standard television shows that's where she started uh and just you wouldn't know that but if you wanted to go look you could see she just has episodes out there but most notably she is the creator, writer, and executive producer of both Weeds and Orange is the New Black. She's also an executive producer for the show Glow. Something she does that really pisses me off and that we talked about a little bit is that she just builds up that big storyline all season long and then she leaves you with that huge cliffhanger only to resolve it in like the first, I mean literally like the first 15 minutes most often of the following season, sometimes maybe throughout like the first episode. But then you're on to something new. It's cheap and infuriating to me. 
at the same time, I kind of love it. Um, but I only like it or love it for like the first three seasons of the show. And then it gets tiring for me. Like, um, continuously being let down at the beginning of each new season for that show. So it, I ultimately, I don't like that strategy, even though it, it, it works as a viewer to get me to watch the next season. So I hope that is not going to be the case with Warrior Nun. However, I want to set all that if I didn't have the fear that that might be the route that this show is taking. I think they left us off on the correct note to make this show last like two to three seasons at least with really good content before it goes just off the rails. Because, I mean, this show, the whole show's premise is pretty much off the rails to begin with. This first season is really just an origin story of a superhero and several villains. One of which, if you didn't see coming, you're an idiot. I can't say more or I'll spoil things. I am going to lower my rating just a bit on Warrior Nun Season 1. I think I gave... It gave it four out of five stars last episode, but three and a half out of five stars for me. It's solid. It's, it's a safe show to watch. It's fun. It's easy to watch. There's no nudity. It's a good show. And I appreciate that they did not tack on like the sexual aspect of things, which I thought they might for a little bit. It's a really common tactic for Netflix in order to get people talking about a show and in order to get them to watch the show more. And I have no problem with sex in the movies, but I do want it to serve a purpose. If, if its whole purpose is to sell the show, I don't. I don't appreciate it or respect it. But in this instance, for Warrior Nun, they do let the story lead, and then they used every aspect of filmmaking to help tell that story as well in a very comprehensive manner. So I'm going to give the show a three and a half out of five stars for Warrior Nun Season 1. Quick recap. Illuminati? Illuminations the Grinch? Four out of five stars. Hashtag and Frank parallel story. Sorry if it sounds like I'm struggling struggling every time I say hashtag It's because when I see the pound sign, I want to say pound But it's hashtag I'm too old for this shit But hashtag and Frank parallel stories is a must-see. I highly recommend it even if the documentary itself has some major flaws Next never have I ever Which I gave a sliding scale of like three and a half to four and a half stars I'm gonna wrap that up in a bow I guess personally 3.6 out of 5 stars for me with the caveat of me highly recommending it or at least just giving it a shot that's mostly because of how unique that the show is it tackles real life issues and it also made me use the term organically laugh to describe the humor so I think it's like an extra point one at least for that next uncut gems four and a half out of five stars Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, 4 out of 5 stars. And finally, Warrior Nun came Warrior Nun came in at 3.5 out of 5 stars. That is all that I've got today. So take care everyone. Peace, love, and gap. Yeah.